Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's finally here. Young, back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He died. Touchdown, 49ers. NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. For a fully automated smart home or a state-of-the-art home theater, start with a visit to EncoreAudioVideo.com. Fires, Mike Sims, Walker, back Unbelievable! Danny and Dusty on 1080 The Fan. All right, hour number two. Danny and Dusty with you. A little bit late because we had Brady Henderson on from ESPN. Um talking about the article he has up now of the breakup between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Uh, worth giving a read. It's a long read. Um, that's why we brought that's why we brought Brady on. Is because, yeah. uh, and we talked about it, so you don't have to read it. Yeah, no, it, it is a very long read, and, and to be honest, it's a, it's a very well-written article, and I wish we had more stuff like this regularly. It's actual journalism. Like, we were talking about this. <laughs> yes, it is actual journalism after what we do is we sit back and we go... Oh, whose side is this coming from? Because we've talked about this. Yeah, like, if, if something comes out, it's from one side or the other. You just have to kind of parse, parse it out and figure out which side wants it out. This was like I can imagine Brady Henderson was sitting there looking over each shoulder, going, uh, "I got the Seahawks trying to tell me this side. I got the Russell Wilson camp trying to tell me that. Mm-hmm. I'll just put them together. We'll just yeah. smash this thing together." And, and no conclusions were drawn. Nobody really was thrown under a bus. It was just very matter of fact. Yeah. It was very good reporting. Yeah. So uh, go check that one out. Um, it, it, today is the day where we're starting to find out which guys are injured and which guys aren't, uh, like a surprise. George Kittle apparently has a groin injury. Yeah. He's not practicing today. So, uh-oh, that's not good new no, uh, because, uh, I tell you right now, Trey Lance going to need him. I would say you're going to need the best tight end and one of the best tight ends in the NFL would probably help you. I mean, not only that, it's like, that's a safety blanket. Uh-huh. Yeah. With a catch radius. That's a mile wide. Yeah. I think Kittle would be good. I think it'll be really good to have. I think you'd like that. Um, but the one that kind of took a lot of people by surprise was the first news of the day out of New York, Zach Wilson. Two days ago, yeah, he could play this week. And now he's out till week four? <laughs> and Robert, Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, was looking around because he had that meniscus yeah. surgery uh, right in the first preseason game. Mm-hmm. And Robert Sala, the head coach, was like, uh, You'll see him walking around. He he looks fine. It's just our doctors, his doctors kind of got together, and they're going to be safe with it, right? Mm-hmm. So Joe Flacco is the starter for the Jets. Listen, love that storyline. Go get him, Joe. He's playing the Ravens. Playing the Ravens. It's probably the other three weeks where you're going to be like, all right, Joe Flacco's the starting quarterback for the yeah. Jets now. <laughs> <laughs> this one, he'll be up for. And, Uh-oh. yes, he's old, and, yes, he's certainly broken down. But week one, he still got some juice in the tank. But this kind of leads to a, an interesting question about, you know, Zach Wilson banged up again. Again. He's, he's going to miss four weeks, which 
it no longer is a quarter of your seasons. Now they play 17 games. It's just under. <laughs> but it's just dang near close. Yeah. Um, but this is, you're going to have him banged up again. And as you look at, like, what happened last year with the quarterbacks in the NFL draft, mm-hmm. we had quarterbacks go one, two, three, and we had one of them not even play in Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Number two in Zach Wilson, he was in and out and kind of a roller coaster because they, they suck. That's why you had the number two pick. Then you had Justin Fields, who the Chicago well, num- Bears. No, 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 number one was Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yes. Who that is an absolute failure and disaster That's more in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer probably than anything else. Yeah, well, it's the Jags franchise. <sighs> but he comes in and, and you have the one, two, three. All were in horrible situations yes. for success it last year, 100%. Trey Lance not win, not playing. Yeah. That's that's his situation. The situation in San Francisco couldn't get much better. No, but the not sitting behind Jimmy Garoppolo for your personal success, not, not a great. Good idea. Especially especially if your team you just gave up three first round draft picks for you. That is true. And then and then you're talking about there's the other guys in that first round that they were thrown in immediately. Well, and Justin Fields was thrown in and then taken out and then thrown back in and then taken back out and thrown back in. He was because he was the Bears. Yeah, he was like used laundry where you just kind of, well, I need to fluff it up a little bit more. It wasn't, it was, his development process was stunted by more than just the bears lack of a roster. It was a lack of just brain cells and how they've handled him. So that's going to be an interesting one is that. And they had a dead man walking as a head coach too, which certainly is always tough. That's a, it's a horrible thing for your, for your quarterback to have to go through. It's one thing for a veteran quarterback to go through. That's another thing for a rookie quarterback to learn and kind of go under that because they're not really playing for you. They're playing for their job and not the quarterback, but the coach. So it is we're thinking about, then you have Mac Jones who went 15th overall to new England. And then you had guys that actually played Davis mills uh, was a third round pick. He went 67th overall to the Texans. And he went to a horrid situation as well and played well. And started and played like Davis Mills played well for what you who he was given certainly, which wasn't a whole heck of that a lot. Nothing. Also took a fantastic photo where he looked like a giraffe. This is the amazing part about these guys heading into year two mm-hmm. is that there isn't much hype around anybody except for expectations around Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I, there's very few of these guys are in a better situation than they were a year ago because Mac Jones is not. Trevor Lawrence um, is. Trevor Lawrence is, and that's they, a great they, thing. If they got some weapons pick. and they got a coach, I think that's Doug make Peterson sense. who yeah. knows what he's doing. Uh, Zach Wilson not in a better situation because he's hurt again. Yep. Trey Lance is not in a better situation this year because Jimmy Garoppolo is still there, and apparently he's he like his reports out of his camp. I don't know if it's him, mm-hmm. but they got irritated that they brought Jimmy Garoppolo back, which I probably would Duh. be too. If you're given the keys to the car yeah. and then it's like, yeah, you're gonna have to share it with your brother. Yeah. That's a, that's a great analogy. I like that because that's, that's a hundred percent true. That's Hey, listen, your brother's 18. He's got his license. We, we, we trust him. You, you're, you just, you're 16. You, you just got yours. You thought he was going to college. Yeah. He's going to Portland state. Yeah, no, he's, he's using it. As he's, a computer he's at PCC. So you can use it when he isn't. And that's, that's the, that's the thing about this. Like it's at any point in time, they can give the keys back to him. Like, uh, he's transferring, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a, a, a a situation that certainly, and, if, and with Fields, I mean, it's the Bears. I, I, I genuinely think they're going to be the worst team in football. I just, and unless he's a savior that can just elevate them, which he could be, he's got all the talent in the world. But I mean, that, that I, I hate everything about that franchise right he now. He has, even including their dome that they they put out the pictures of the dome, their renderings. The one forty-five minutes away from Chicago. 
it looks like a marshmallow. Yeah. Like the picture that they had, it looks like a weird little marshmallow at the middle of a park. It's it's weird. Everything that they're doing there is basically extortion and money laundering. Um, but Fields' situation is his targets are even worse. You lose Allen Robinson. You lose Allen Robinson, the one guy you had on your team who was worth it. And you know who's he going to be throwing to? And, and Keel Harry doesn't do it for me. Um, you've got Byron Pringle, Cole Kmet, good tight end. And even he's been banged up. And then David Montgomery out of the backfield. Is that your best guy? Or Darnell Mooney? Is that where you're going if you're, if you're Justin Fields? Now. I know, right? No. But that is those are his targets. Mm-hmm. You got a first year head coach, and it's not it's not going to be pretty in Chicago. And then for Mac Jones, who was the best rookie last year Certainly. in New England, you lose Josh McDaniels, mm-hmm. and now you don't know at all. You do not know who the coordinator is because Bill Belichick's refusing to announce one. Now they know there who's calling plays, and it's going to be Matt Patricia who's mm-hmm. actually calling the plays. Bill Belichick's going to have his hand in it. And you're going to have Joe Judge as your quarterback's coach. I, I look. That's a group. Let this me. is going to be. <laughs> it, it's going to be an S show. I, there's a lot of people that are, you know, saying, well, Matt Patricia doesn't know anything. It, he was an offensive lineman, first of all. Yes. And a rocket scientist. And he's a Belichick tree guy. You like, he's learn, not an idiot. You actually learn more coaching the other side of the ball about. Like tendencies, you, you learn more about offense coaching defense because you are looking at so many different systems yeah. and ways to beat a defense, right? So he does know he knows kind of ways, but the whole we're not we're we're not announcing who. Why? That's a pretty good Belichick. Who cares? That's not bad. Yeah, it's it doesn't matter who. It's like the Oregon with the depth chart. Yeah, right. Guess what? When you lose forty nine to three, it doesn't it matter what doesn't the depth chart looks matter. like. It doesn't matter who you're saying is calling plays because we don't have a book on any of them. No, and you don't have weapons out there that are going to bend a defense, and you're tasking a second-year quarterback with, I don't want to say learning an entirely new system because it's not going to be entirely new. There's, they're going to keep a lot of the same verbiage. They're going to keep a lot of the same packages. They're oh, it gonna, is No, it is the same yeah. offense. It's just a different person calling the plays, plays and installing it every yeah. week. So, so. The, the scheme and the installs might be a little bit different as far as how they go about it and, and personal preference. But that part of it, the part that sucks for Mac Jones is McDaniels was better at game planning. McDaniels is a really good coordinator. Yeah, he's, he's going to put you, he's going to get you going on your script and get you going well. And they still haven't given, given him any weapons. I don't want to hear about the tight ends. You don't have anybody who's going to take the, a really good room. It's a great room. Now, how about that wide receiver room? It's a work in progress. Okay. How about the running backs? Uh, Actually, they're okay. Okay, you're 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 good at. I mean, Damian Harris is is going to be your running back, and then you got Ty Montgomery. But your receivers are you got a bunch of possession guys. I mean, nobody taking the top off the of coverage here. But that has kind of been their mo historically, except for one year when they had Randy Moss. <laughs> well, that, I think it's a little bit different as far as taking the top off. It's well, they have the best. I mean, they have Devonte Parker, who's got. Nelson Aguilar has got speed and tends to drop a ball a lot. It, it does happen. And then Jacoby Myers, former quarterback. <laughs> God, he loves those guys, doesn't he? Yeah, but you, I mean, Kendrick Bourne is on that team where you have, you have a lot of possession guys, too. Yes. Um, with guys like P- Kendrick Bourne and then your Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry as your tight ends. I mean, they're not void of, of talent in the skill positions, but the, you, nobody's putting them in the top 10 of no. your skill positions in the NFL. No, then they're not going to win that with any of their rooms right now. 
But looking at the year two quarterbacks on on that list, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, mm. rank them for me for worst to first, or yeah, worst to first for this year. For this year, who who are you buying most this year? Trevor Lawrence. Worst? No. Okay. No, you want worst to first. Yeah. You said who's who am I buying the most? Yes, Trevor Lawrence. Yes, I would say worst to first. Worst to first, I'll go. Uh, Fields, Wilson, Jones, Mills, Lance, Lawrence. See, I'm going to go a little sideways here, and I'm going to I would swap Wilson and Lance. And I know Wilson's going to miss the games, yeah, that's okay. but I don't think Lance is going to finish the season as a starter. Yeah. So, even though even though he has the most around him and the most opportunity, I think he's going to be the one because because the pressure is bigger than anywhere else that they're going to pull that emergency ripcord sooner yeah. rather than later. I do like. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, just because that division isn't very good either. Yeah, no, and he started to show some stuff towards the end of last season where you're like, oh, no, he's going to figure this out with Urban gone. Okay, this starts to make a little more sense. And they did have a, a dare I say, a good offseason? Yeah. Yeah, so the Colts, though. Titans had the best record in the NFL last year, too. Titans fans always get all hot and bothered, like, hey, we're still going to be great. Okay. You'll be okay. Derrick Henry healthy? Okay, you'll be okay. Yeah, we'll be fine. Well, that's a big if. Yeah. And does he hit that carries threshold where it starts falling off? Boo. All right, so let's get to it. We got Ryan Horvat, our Bet MGM tonight and BetQL Network Insider. He joins us at 1.30, but coming up next, the worst day on the web. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. All right, it is time for our worst day on the web. Oh, boy. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a bad day for at least somebody in radio as one uh, Douglas Mitchell Gottlieb got got, Uh, uh, a lawsuit. Got got. He got himself. Yeah, he did. Uh, Casey Close, the unclear whether he's the current or former agent of Freddie Freeman because that part hasn't really been cleared up. Uh, Former. Well, no, he got he, he got. Uh, I'm just, re- I'm just re- again. I'm just reading the article. Yeah. I'm, 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 I, I, I'm not trying to get with a libel or defamation suit here, sir. Doug Gottlieb. Be, I don't know if we'd be uh, if we would be defaming him in this instance because, like, uh, Freddie Freeman, like, was was so pissed at what Doug Gottlieb did, he fired his agent. So, 
Doug Gottlieb tweeted on June 29th that Casey Close, this is at the time Freddie Freeman's agent, never told Freddie Freeman about the Braves' final offer. Close and Excel Sports Management sued Gottlieb in mid-July in U.S. District Court in Manhattan, alleging defamation and libel. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today Gottlieb tweeted an apology upon further vetting of my sources. uh, Just listen to the, the, the very particular wording here, which was very clearly gone over by a legal team at a very large broadcast company. A review of the lawsuit filed against me in this matter and a direct conversation with Casey himself, I have learned that the conduct I alleged did not occur and that there is no credible basis for stating that it did. Uh, Gottlieb wrote, my ultimate investigation into this matter confirms that Casey Close did, in fact, communicate all offers to Freddie Freeman and the sources I relied on were incorrect in no uncertain terms. I appreciate the damage that misinformation like this can cause and have been in touch with Casey Close to apologize directly and have also deleted my original tweet. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Stood stood by his guns here a little too long, huh? So he has a tweet out there that says that uh, Freddie Freeman's agent, who who was Casey Close, Never gave the Braves final offer to Freddie Freeman, and that led him to go to the Dodgers. Dodgers, right? Well, in July, when the lawsuit was filed by Casey Close, do you know what their statement was? Because you just read Doug Gottlieb, certainly. Like it was, this was all brand new news to him, right? Shocking. This is from July twenty third. Although we gave Mr. Gottlieb an opportunity to retract his false statement, he failed to do so. The complaint sets the record straight as to what occurred during negotiations with the Atlanta Braves. So, what changed with Doug Gottlieb from January twenty or excuse me, July twenty third to today? I would imagine a conversation with either Freddie Freeman, the Braves, or somebody associated in this triangle. Oh, man. But the interesting thing here is he put his foot down multiple times. Refused well, the that's it. tweet. And I, I just, that's, it's very interesting that you are trusting somebody's second-hand or first-hand second degree of separation yeah. from this. I, I am... This is bad news bears. And like it is, is, it's bad stuff. Well, because think of it, it's not just what that statement did. It wasn't just um, getting Casey Close fired as Freddie Freeman's agent, longtime agent, Mm -hmm. right? It was, it put that reunion. Remember when the Braves played the Dodgers? Yeah, and it was a little. It, no, it, it was sad. Yeah. Because Freddie Freeman felt bad. He didn't want to leave Atlanta. No, he did not. He wanted to stay. And you saw, there was a video clip that I remember vividly, just like seeing it. And this was like back in June, maybe, of when Freddie Freeman's kid saw Dansby Swanson mm-hmm. and ran across the diamond and gave him like this big old bear hug. And like Dansby Swanson is like tearing up. And the Freemans are all tearing up because he brought, like, Freddie Freeman was Mr. Braves. Yes. He brought them a World Series. He brought his kids and his family were around all the time and around the clubhouse and around the team. And it was like, it was that kind of connection. I mean, this is like, think of like Damian Lillard is in Portland Mm -hmm. for 12 seasons and he finally wins an NBA title 
and then th- this kind of thing comes out where it's like the Braves are going, no, that's not what happened. The agent's going, that's not what happened. And now you have like this star who is torn. Meanwhile, Stephen A is sitting there saying something that doesn't right, exist. That, that is, is not true whatsoever. No. Like that hurts way more than just Casey Close yeah. losing his job. It like personally is ripping apart at Freddie Freeman in the organization. Mm-hmm. And now he's second guessing whether he had actually should have gone to the Dodgers or stuck with the Braves. Like it is a, it's a huge deal yes. to Braves fans. It's a huge deal to Freddie Freeman. It's a huge deal to Casey Close. It's a huge deal to Casey Close and his agency because it paints him in a certain yeah. light as somebody who's incapable of doing their job. It, let, or even, stacking the deck for the Dodgers. Yes. And that's <laughs> it. Nothing about this. And I, at, there, at any point in time, I don't, I don't understand why Gottlieb didn't just step off this. Like this was the ledge you could very, very early on just walk off of and be okay. Yeah, he doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on it, and because after this, after this allegation first came out, he said basically something along the lines of, "I stand by this," yeah. and I was like, "Uh-oh, somebody here is very wrong, man," and. That's brutal, dude. It's very apparent that it was Doug Gottlieb, and this is, I, I this is a bad one. <laughs> it really is. Like, like to, well, he's getting, he's getting it on the web too. I mean, he, he should. That's why he is getting today's worst day on the web because he's getting pummeled and rightfully so. Doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down when you're wrong, that's usually reserved for politicians. And even then, uh, when it happens, it turns into an all-day dog pile. 503-250-1080, NFL Week 1. Let's talk to our bet. QL Network inside the host of Bet MGM tonight, Ryan Horvat after Rust with SportsCenter. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. It is like Christmas for our next guest this time of the year. It doesn't get much better. And on the line now is the host of our Bet MGM Tonight podcast and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvat. Odyssey calls, our insider calls are brought to you by Bet MGM. Go check out all the latest lines today at Bet MGM on the Bet MGM app. Also, be sure to listen to Bet MGM Tonight for more of Ryan's analysis. Just search Bet MGM wherever you find your podcast. All right, Horvat, it's like Christmas in September right now for all of us sports fans because we have the NFL Week 1 getting underway. But where I want to start with you is uh, college football, especially early in the year, it can be such a roller coaster. See, um, you know, Oregon losing 49-3 in a 17.5-point line just last yeah. week. Um, what did you learn at, out of week one, and what do you look for in week one of the college football season that maybe some fans can take into their bets heading into week two? Yeah, that's a great question because I usually look for overreaction, right? Like, I'm really <laughs> high on Utah this season, and it really did – I mean, that was just such a disappointing end to that game because they had Florida. I mean, in that interception, that's just crushing from Cam Rising, obviously. So people are going to overreact a little bit. But, I, you know, Florida's back. Texas is back. Every year we do this. And it's like, okay, let's pump the brakes. It's one week of football. I think Oregon will be just fine, especially at home. They have home field advantage. You know, I think that that's a top ten tough place to play in the nation. 
Um, I still think Oregon will be fine, to be quite honest with you guys. I don't. I didn't expect them to win nine, ten games this season. I just want to see them competitive because let's be honest, it is a rebuild season, and I don't fully trust Bo Nix. I've lost a lot of money on Bo Nix the last what seems like a decade at Auburn, <laughs> and then again, I was on them the seventeen and a half point dogs week one. Um, I knew that game was over heading into the second quarter, but Georgia, like. Georgia is the real deal. I mean, they lost all those guys on the defensive side of the ball, but man, I mean, they just do a great job recruiting. Kirby's done such a good job there. So I think they're going to be tough, but still, I'm not like fully sold that Stetson Bennett's a Heisman candidate and that they're better than Alabama. So I just look for some overreaction and I try not to overreact myself, you know, especially with some of these win totals. But again, I was pretty disappointed with both Oregon and Utah, but I think they'll both be fine. Luckily for them, they both play in the Pac-12, so they won't have to see these <laughs> SEC schools again, right? <laughs> All right, Ryan. Uh, it's not necessarily overreactions, but uh, before we had you on, before the uh, the kickoff weekend, we actually had you on, and we talked about some schools on the outside, maybe looking at some upside. Oregon State comes out and they cover handily, and our Arizona Wildcats get a yes. clear win against San Diego State to start the season. Uh, looking at those two teams, how do you look at them kind of coming out of week one, considering the overreaction, underreaction narratives that come out after one whole week of football? So I was really impressed with Arizona, and I think Arizona is going to be competitive this mm-hmm. season. I think that they could get – I mean, you know, to get into a bowl game, it's, it's so easy just to say, well, I think they're a bowl team this year. I mean, everybody's pretty much a bowl team, but I think they could win seven, eight games. They were really impressive. And I was really let down, actually, with San Diego State. Now, I did end up taking Arizona last minute before kickoff. I just wanted to get more than seven points. Mm-hmm. And they end up winning that game outright as dogs. You know, they were huge dogs in that game. A touchdown, that's a, that's a big spread right yeah. there. The only thing that surprised me, really, from that game is how good they looked offensively. I thought that that was going to be a defensive battle. I was thinking probably, like, 21 to 17, something like that. So I was on the under. They looked a lot better offensively this year. But, again, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit, but I do think they're going to be competitive. And if I can continue to get them as underdogs, you know, touchdown plus dogs, I'm going to continue to play them. And then Oregon State, I really still can't believe that. Um, I mean, that was really impressive as well. And that's what I love about college football, and especially with the transfer portal, right, is, you know, you think you know everything about these teams, and then they kind of come back and they surprise you a little bit. So I was surprised with both teams on the offensive side of the ball. Um, especially Oregon State. I did not see that coming. I'm not going to lie. So we'll see if they're able to continue that success this season. But, man, that's a hell of a week one win right there for them. We're talking with Ryan Horvath, our BetQL Network inside of the host of BetMGM tonight. Go get that wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, let's go to the NFL. It is week one, and it all gets underway tomorrow uh, with the defending Super Bowl champion Rams hosting the Buffalo Bills. This is an interesting matchup because you have the defending Super Bowl champ against what many believe will be uh, is the favorite to win the Super Bowl this year in, in the Buffalo Bills going to L.A. And Sean McVay's 5-0 and all-time in openers, and they are two-and-a-half-point dogs to the Buffalo Bills. Talk me off the ledge of uh, L.A., or do you like the pick? No, I'm with you. I'm actually on L.A. myself. Now, right now, so the spread's sitting there at two and a half. But what I like about BetMGM is you could bet the alternate lines. And I know some people frown upon buying points. I really don't if the price is okay. So right now, to get the three, plus three for the defending Super Bowl champions at home week one, it's only minus 135. So you're laying, you know, 135 to win 100. I'm fine with that if I really like the bet. And, again, I like getting the defending champs at home you know, where they're going to be getting their Super Bowl rings and raising a banner pretty much is three-point underdogs. And I get why uh, everybody's running to the book to continue to bet the Bills. 
because they are the Super Bowl favorites. We all expect Josh Allen to be even better this season. I mean, he continues to improve every single year. I, I can't believe how accurate he's become as a passer. Like, coming out of the draft, we all knew he had a rocket for an arm and he could make plays with his legs. But he's gotten more accurate. And you usually don't see that with quarterbacks. Defensively, I think they're much better. I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit better this season. But I'm holding off a little bit just because the AFC is so loaded, you guys. Like, I can make the case for the Bills. I, I can make the case for the Chargers, you know, if they actually live up to the hype. The Chiefs, I feel like people are sleeping on. They still have Patrick Mahomes. And I actually like how they replaced Tyreek Hill with Juju Smith-Schuster and with MVS coming in. So I'm not really fully sold right now on the Bills as the outright, you know, just the crazy price that you're getting on them right now to win the Super Bowl. So I'm with you on the Rams. Um, I get the question marks about Matthew Stafford's health might have something to do with this spread, but I mean, last year he dealt with the back injury. I know that this looks like a pretty terrible uh, elbow issue he's dealing with, but look what they did offensively. I mean, you lose Odell Beckham Jr., who's not going to be available anyway coming off the torn ACL. You lose Robert Woods, who didn't even play last year, and you bring in Allen Robinson, who a couple of years ago we were talking about him as a top 10 receiver in this league. Mm-hmm. He's been kind of hidden in Chicago, pretty much dogging it the last two years because Matt Nagy was so <laughs> awful there. But I, I like this Rams team just as much as I liked them last year. I mean, there was a lot of question marks. Is Sean McVay going to retire and take a broadcasting job? Was Aaron Donald coming back? Everybody came back, and I love getting the defending champs plus points, so I like buying the three. I'm fine with the two and a half. I think they might win that game outright tomorrow night, and I'm not saying that the Bills are going to be a disappointment. I'm just saying week one, fluky stuff happens, and we're getting the defending champs plus three, so I really like it. All right, Ryan, what home dogs do you like in week one? Because week one is the, the big unknown, and there's a couple of them on the table. Are there any that you're out there like, yeah, that's actual value there? Or no, don't touch them because they're dogs at home for a reason. The problem with week one, I really like a lot of underdogs, you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking at some of these just matchups where, I mean, who wants to bet the Bears plus seven against the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> Only a lunatic would. And, and I'm probably going to do it, especially if we get seven and a half or if we get eight, because – and the NFL is so much different than college football. Like, take Saturday, for example. We just got done talking about Oregon getting clubbed. Nobody saw – I mean, I guess a lot of people probably saw that coming. But I didn't see that coming in that type of fashion. But we see a lot of blowouts in college football. Like, we hype up these games all week, and then we get to mm-hmm. Saturday, and we're turning the channel at halftime. As a Notre Dame fan, I can tell you anytime they're in a big game, it's usually off my screen by quarter three. So in the NFL, though, you see more parity because these guys are all pros. So I'm looking at some of these home dogs, and I kind of like the Bears plus seven. But I also, what I did was I teased the 49ers down to minus one, and I teased it with the Minnesota Vikings. That's another home dog I really like. Mm -hmm. But I'm only getting one and a half point now, or, you know, two points right now with the Vikings. So what I did was I like the six-point teasers. You just take two teams, you know, and you add the six points. So I teased the Niners from seven-point favorites all the way down to one. They're going to beat the Bears. I just don't know if they're going to do it by a full touchdown. And then I actually like the Vikings a lot against Green Bay. And I'm a Packer fan, but I'm worried going into the season because, you know, the Chiefs, they did a really good job replacing Tyreek Hill's production. Green Bay did nothing. They had Sammy Watkins, who hasn't played a full season since his rookie year. Alan Lazard now becomes wide receiver number one. He's really more of a blocking wide receiver. He's kind of like a glorified tight end. And then they had two rookies in the draft, and Aaron Rodgers has never trusted a rookie. I think Minnesota is the team to beat in the NFC North. I think the last couple of years, Mike Zimmer's actually been the problem. Mm-hmm. Now they have an offensive-minded head coach. They got better defensively, adding Zadarius Smith, and he's jacked to see Green Bay because they didn't want to pay him any money. And it's Minnesota at home. That's a tough place to play, and Green Bay always struggles there, especially early on in the season. Favre used to be terrible there until he actually went and played there. 
And Rodgers, the last couple of years, you guys, look at what he's done week one. Last year, the Saints blew him out with Jameis Winston. I forgot, I forgot the score. I think it was 38-3. to So I like Minnesota, but I like sometimes using the teaser options, you know, because you could tease them from, you know, one-and-a-half-point dogs, now to eight-point underdogs. I don't think Green Bay beats Minnesota by more than a touchdown. And I know for a fact San Francisco's beating the Bears. I just don't know if they're doing it by eight points. I got a question because usually when you see a massive, uh, you know, line swing, you, you bet the other way, right? We've seen yep. quite a few of them, though, and some of them make sense. Like the Chiefs and Cardinals, they opened up at two and a half, and that's already up to, you know, five and a half in, in KC's way. You know that because Deshaun Watson got uh, benched by the league and got suspended. <laughs> Um, it, it, that line went from it's a five point swing. Now it went from three and a half in favor of Cleveland to one and a half in favor of of the Panthers. And then you have the the news today of Zach Wilson has moved that line from Baltimore, New York, where it was four and a half in favor of Baltimore. Now it's up to seven. Which of those lines do you like the favorite though to cover in those? Because usually you'll just go the other way. Or any of those big swings, yeah. ones that you like and you that make sense to you. Yeah, and I guess before we move over really quick, I should tell you another home dog I love, the Texans plus eight. It's disgusting against the Colts, but I think they cover, and then I think the Giants cover. I think the Giants cover the six and a half against the Titans. Both games are moving. That's why I bring those up, because I think you're probably, I mean, that went from Texans plus eight now as I look at Texans plus seven. I don't want to take that any lower. And then the Giants, man, the Giants opened up seven-point underdogs. Now that's down to six. So talking about line movement, there's two more dogs I like. As far as the favorites, so, okay, I think that's a little bit of an overreaction for Zach Wilson being out, right? (laughs) Like, Joe Joe Flacco, it's been a long time since he's won a Super Bowl, but we've seen him actually get the job done before. Um, He is a little bit older. I'm not fully sold on the Jets, but I I don't really care. If it's anything under eight points, I'm going to bet the Ravens anyway just because I'm really high on the Ravens going into this season. So if it was Zach Wilson out there, I would have been fine laying eight points. And if it's Joe Flacco, I'm fine laying the eight points as well, just because I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be the real deal this season. Lamar, especially if they don't get this contract done here in the next couple of days, it's going to be a contract year. And he doesn't have an agent, so he's playing for himself. There's no way they lose every single running back like they did last year before we even hit week one. And I love what they've done defensively. I mean, Patrick Queen is kind of a zero, uh, unless he's rushing the quarterback. But I love them bringing in Kyle Hamilton at the safety position from Notre Dame because he can play in the box. He's great in coverage. I think the Ravens are going to be a 11-12 win team this year. So I'd bet them against the Jets regardless. And then the other one, this sounds crazy, you guys, and I can't believe I did it today. I bet the Panthers. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction because Jacoby Brissett can get the job done, he's proven. But, man, I mean, and I'm not a Deshaun Watson guy, but I think we forget how good he really is. So I guess that's, that's about right as far as the market. I'm, I'm buying into the Baker Mayfield revenge game. I can't believe I'm saying it. I'm more buying in that Christian McCaffrey, we don't know if he's going to stay healthy all year, but we know he's healthy for week one. And Matt Rule, I'm not a big fan of his. But this is if they don't have a winning record this year, I know it's only, what, year two, year three for him. I think he gets canned first. So I'm actually going to buy into Carolina against the Browns to pull off the upset. And uh, we'll, probably when we talk next week, I'll probably be talking about how it was a huge mistake, but but I'm I'm buying into Baker and what he had to say about how he was going to go out there and try to torch him. We'll see. All right, I'm going to steer you back to Pac-12 to get us out of here. The the two teams that that looked good for the Pac-12 uh, last week in USC and Oregon State both have matchups that are going to be I think very impactful as far as tone setting as far as the the rest of the season goes. Oregon State takes on Fresno State. USC takes on Stanford. As it stands right now, Oregon State stand or Oregon State Fresno State is a pick'em. 
Uh, and USC, I believe, opened up as 10-point favorites over over Stanford. They're now down to 8.5. Do you look at either of those and go, yeah, no, I can get behind that, or are you still very much wait-and-see mode with those two teams? So I did bet Fresno State, but I could tell you guys that Oregon State is actually the sharp side. So mm-hmm. a lot of the pro gamblers that I do know uh, out in Las Vegas or out in uh, you know New Jersey, out in New York, where, man, they're taking crazy handle right now in New York. Um, they really, really like Oregon State in this matchup. And the line does seem fishy, right? It's a mm-hmm. pick em, and Fresno State has the home field advantage. But I do – I'm pretty high on Fresno State going into the season. Again, we'll see what that looks like. And then I actually – I mean, I had to um, – jump on Stanford, and I know that they've been an absolute disaster the last four years, but I'm getting more than a touchdown. And again, I think it was a little bit of an overreaction. So what I did was I bet Stanford when that was a 10.5-point spread. Now, I mean, as I look right now at BetMGM, it's down to 8.5. USC looked really, really, really good week one, but we do have to remember that it was Rice. Um, (laughs) And so I do think that it's going to be a more competitive game. And if I'm getting the home team, I'm getting plus points, you know, in in a big conference game. I don't think Stanford could be any worse than they were last year. I don't know if they're going to be any good <laughs> no. this year, but I do think they could keep it within a touchdown, even if we need that backdoor score. You know, going into the season, I'm one of the only people that actually went under on USC. I just thought, man, Lincoln Riley's great. Uh, I love Caleb Williams. I like Die. I like, I mean, I love Jordan Madison. But, man, I just 10 wins year one with that defense. And the defense looked pretty dang good. I mean, they got had all those takeaways and pick sixes week one. Mm-hmm. I still think that's a little bit of a – I think that spreads a little bit too high, though. So I actually took the points with Stanford. We'll see how that works out because USC looked damn good week one. But I still think people are hyping them up just a little bit too much. I still like Utah more than I like USC. There he is, Ryan Horvath. We'll talk to you next week, my man. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that was the host of BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvat. Insider Calls brought to you by BetMGM. Go get all the latest lines on the BetMGM app. All right. We continue. We went way over. Uh, Danny Dusty on the fan. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. All right, we went way over with Ryan Horvath, so we only have uh, like a couple of... 30 seconds. ...seconds here before we've got to move on. Y'all were supposed to break like 90 seconds ago. With that in mind. All right. Thanks, Rust. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I asked a very degenerate question and Horvath went very in-depth. I think uh, degenerate questions are where he thrives. I no, no. I mean, that's like winding him up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm here for it all. Yeah, no, 100. percent I'm here for it all. We went home dog talk. We did have uh, home dog talk. Hey, I got a little nugget for you though. Uh, this, on. according to SportsBetting.ag, passed along by our bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, the odds to make the NBA playoffs. Now they only have eight, so they're not doing the whole plan. But uh, yeah, they actually have a, They actually have a note. West, making the play-in does not does not count yeah. into the odds. Making the field of eight, uh, the West has the Warriors with the top odds, followed by the Clippers, Suns, Grizzlies at the four seed. Hitting the road is the Nuggets, Mavericks, the Timberwolves are the seven seed, and then uh, the last team in on the West, the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, oh. The Portland Trailblazers. Odds to make the playoffs as it currently stands right now, according to betonline.ag, plus 190 to make the playoffs. You're getting some value. That is um, a lot. What's actually insane here 
is them not making the playoffs is minus two forty. Yeah, they're that's they're calling that a yeah. Well, yeah, they don't think they're going to make it. I mean, they were historically bad last year. That's going to skew some people. I mean, yeah, but that's money still, to be made. The books there, of interesting, huh? But I mean, look, they got to prove that they're they're above the plane, though. <laughs> Certainly, they do because that's kind of the crapshoot once you get to the playoff. And the Blazers have literally right now just made it official that they have signed Devontae Kaycock, Isaiah Miller, Jared Roden, and Olivier Saar to okay. uh, exhibit ten contracts. All right, camp bodies, camp bodies, camp bodies. All right, uh, let's go. Our number three with Danny and Dusty. We have fun with audio. And what do you need to see the most uh, improvement for the Ducks and the Beavs heading in from week one to week two? Danny and Dusty on the fan. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.